off with uh, just reading a scripture. So if you, if you have your Bibles, you're going to go to 3 John, all right? Uh, we're just going to look at verses 2 through 4. There, there's no chapters in 3 John, not to be mixed with John, the regular chapter. But I'm going to read this scripture for us. It's going to be on the screen if you want to follow along. Um, but this is a little uh, letter that John is writing to his friend called Gaius. And this is what he says to him. It's a prayer. And, and my, my hope is this, this is a prayer for us as well. He says, beloved, or maybe your, your translation would say, my friend, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. This morning we're going to talk about your soul. And even you see this uh, in John's little letter that he says, I pray that all may go well with you. First is this go well with you. It's a, it's a phrase that was meant for those who are on a journey. It's some, maybe some of what we'd say, like, have safe travels. You know, if somebody's traveling or that sort of thing. He says, may the, your safe travels, may the circumstances of, of what you are journeying through go well with you. And he, he says, may your health go well with you. But then he says this third line that also, as well as it goes, that it goes well with your soul. And so we're going to start this series on just what we call rest for your soul, but we're going to talk about your soul because your soul has a condition or a state or a well-being. And uh, for some reason last night I was, we were watching the game and my son Levi, we were talking about something and he brought up his soul. And so I was like, oh, Levi, how do you know what a soul is? You're six years old. And so I go, what is your soul, Levi? He goes, Oh, you know, it's your, it's your soul, you know? Uh, right. And so there's this aspect of we have this uh, soul. It's an aspect of us, but it's, it's hard to articulate or to put into imagery. Uh, how many have seen the Pixar Disney movie, Soul? Everybody seen that? I have a picture of it right here. Um, is, is this is how they pictured the soul of a person, and apparently your soul still has bad eyesight, I guess. Um, so... Just something to look forward to if you have glasses. But we, we kind of have this ghost-like idea of what our soul is. But one of the things I want to ask this morning is the simple question of how is your soul? How's the condition of your soul? If it has a condition and it's, it has a well-being, the question I want us to reflect on this morning is how is your soul? The, the Greek word that's used there is where we get the word psych or even from psychology um, but I like this little lexicon that defined the soul this way. The soul is the direct aftermath of God breathing or blowing his gift of life into a person, making them an insouled being. In Genesis 2, when, when God is creating Adam, he, he takes the dust of the earth, you think of matter, and he forms Adam into this physical being with all the physical features Yet it says God breathed in his nostrils, and at that point he became a living being, or their, their direct uh, translation would be he became a living soul. It's his breath. And so the, one of the ways you could say this of how is your soul, I would say what is the condition of God's breath within you? Like what is the condition of God's breath within you? Dallas Willard is someone who I quote uh, uh, frequently as an author. He defines the soul as the hidden or spiritual side of the person. 
It includes an individual's thoughts and feelings along with heart or will with its intents and choices. It also includes an individual's bodily life and even social relations. There's an aspect that includes our heart, which is our will, our spirit, our choice center, includes our mind, the thoughts and emotions, includes our bodies, uh, the social realms, like I said, of our relationships, and the soul kind of encompasses all of that. He used the analogy of of, it's like a metaphor of the interworkings of an old grandfather clock to explain that within the soul everything is connected and works together and one aspect of our soul influences the other other aspects of our life so i'm going to give you an example like how many have had a relational issue that's impacted other aspects of your life so if there's a relational breakdown right whether it's in your marriage or with your kids it can impact your emotional state uh, same thing with our emotional state can impact our physical state and our health. Uh, if you, if you are somebody who's anxious and fearful, it, it will impact your body. So all these things work together. The soul connects every facet of who we are. In Psalm 103, verse 1, it, it says this, the Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And so the purpose we're doing this is so often at New Year's time, we, we think of um, New Year's resolutions, things we want to change about ourselves. And often we look outwardly at looking at these things that can change us. But the, the point of what we're going to do this morning is actually look inwardly at all these things that uh, affect us and let that work outwardly. So the first reflection we're going to do this morning is to do a little assessment of the state of your soul. So you should have this little wheel. It has, has all these different dynamics of your soul with different words. And so I want you just to take a moment. We're going to quiet our hearts. And if you're watching online, we're going to throw these things. These slides are going to rotate. And you're going to see a list of words. And, and what, you get, what I want you to do as you look at these different dynamics is I want you to circle the word or words that just kind of reflect the state of your soul in that particular area. If there are other words that come to mind, um, go ahead and write those. But the goal is just to kind of get the state of your soul in all these different aspects. So we're going to put on some nice, you know, reflective music. And I'm just going to give you a few minutes to do that. Turn one of the headlights or the sanctuary lights on. Thank you.
about 30 seconds. As I mentioned, uh, we are starting a new series called Rest for Your Soul, because I don't know about you, with Christmas and, and different things, uh, sometimes our, our souls can be pretty weary and tired, and uh, we need some refreshment or rest for our souls. And so uh, for the next four, few weeks, we're going to talk about four practices, four things that you can implement in your life, rhythms uh, that you can uh, do with Jesus that will bring rest and restoration to your soul. And, and uh, the scripture I'm going to use here this morning, we'll talk more about it next week, comes out of Matthew 11, uh, verse 28. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. He's talking about their soul, right? Everybody, this invitation for those who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the first practice we are going to do today, and we're going to actually do together, it's meant to be a daily practice, but we're going to do it for our year. It's called the examine. Has anybody ever heard of this? Like, I'm just curious. A few of you. So it's new for most of you. But it's actually been around for hundreds of years. Um, it, it's a form of prayer, of what we call centering prayer, that is foundational tool for spiritual formation. The examine is sometimes referred to as an examination of consciousness and was popularized by Ignatius of Loyola um, in the 1500s. It's actually helped millions of Christians center themselves on Jesus as they come to the end of a long and complicated day. This practical way of reviewing the day before you go to sleep affords us the opportunity to become aware of the ways God's presence has been pursuing us while we've been awake. It also encourages us to pay attention to the promptings of God that we may have missed and the times we have been less than Christ-like. kind of gives us an opportunity to acknowledge that, to receive, again, the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. Uh, there's a quote there from um, Socrates that I, I often uh, refined, is, is the unexamined life is not a life worth living. It's this idea of becoming aware and getting present to our soul and just how we're doing life on a daily basis. It involves a mix of gratitude, careful review, godly sorrow, forgiveness, and renewing of grace. And so we're going to walk through this practice, all right, like I said, with your whole year, um, and then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how you do this in your daily life. So the first step, as your paper says, is to ask and replay. It's just to ask, uh, what I'm going to ask for light and invite the Holy Spirit. And you may go, ask for light. What do you mean, just turn on the lights? Um, but as we talk about in Christmas, Sarah liked my joke. Thank you, Sarah. Um, but light is, if you remember, even Christmas Eve, I talked about the power of light. Light illuminates. It allows us to see things as they truly are. It allows us to see reality. And so part of this aspect is first is just acknowledging that you need light. 
to be able to see things as they truly are and invite the Holy Spirit to, to be a part of this process, to show these different aspects of your life, to open your eyes and your ears and your heart to see what God saw. And so for the first part, what we're going to have you do is kind of replay your whole year of just different highs and lows, things that you celebrated, things that weren't so well. I have some, like the months, if you want to go through, sometimes it's helpful to go through your pictures or your calendar, and I just want you to highlight kind of the main um, highlights of your year and also the low points. Like this isn't something like you're turning in, this isn't a test, so no one's going to see this besides you, but I I think I want you just to get an idea of the things about your year, maybe the areas you struggled or where you failed, where life hurt. It kind of think of like a movie scene to go through all the different scenes of, of, of your, this past year. So we're going to take a few minutes, and I just want you to jot down some of those things, and again, allowing the Holy Spirit to do. So I'm just going to invite first, Holy Spirit, would you come? We do pray for your light to shine in our imagination, in our thoughts, as we remember the things you want us to remember. So often we can just go to, from one thing to the next, but we're, what we're doing is we're, we're pausing to reflect and look back. And would you just reveal to us how our year has been through your eyes? So come Holy Spirit. All right, I'm going to give you a few minutes to do that.
right, so we'll go ahead and go to the next step. I feel like I'm a school teacher just like watching when everybody's done. Some of you are skipping ahead. That's all good. The next aspect of the exam, and that's, I think, a crucial piece in it, is to have a moment of what we call rejoicing and giving thanks. It's, it's an important aspect to reflect back, whether you're doing it over the year or in your day, to ask God to show you the gifts that he has given you. This is a moment for, you know, giving, giving thanks to God for all the year's blessings. Thinking about the people you share life with, the people you encountered, uh, your old friends, your new friends, your family, your work colleagues, your relationships. Uh, maybe it's just different small things, or maybe they're big things, but it's just highlighting all the different things you are thankful for. The scripture says that, like, God is the giver of all good things, and it's, it's a moment just to acknowledge, both big and small, how he's been faithful and kind. And the goal is to kind of come up with that as proof of the goodness of God. You could point to this part. So remembrance is, is one of the single most powerful tools available to the people of God by which we find joy in the past, but also hope for the future. So I'm going to give you a few minutes just to write the things you are grateful for and thankful for that God has given you this past year. Thank you. 
move on to step three, which is about noticing God's presence. And this, I, I will say, if this is new to you, this may be the hardest one because it just takes a lot of cultivating this idea of discerning and being able to notice. But when you're, you're looking back to, to ask God to show you where you felt his presence, where did you experience maybe an increase of faith, of hope, and of love this year? Where did you experience the fruit of the Spirit named in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, at work in your life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? What were you doing? What was happening? And who were, who were you with when you experienced it? Were there moments of insight or maybe revelation from God about maybe yourself, about God, uh, about your relationships, about who you are? Just we're, we're looking for our key moments. Did you feel like God was inviting you to remember this year where you noticed his presence? So I'm just going to take a couple minutes. As you reflect on maybe some of those things, where did you notice God's presence? on to, to step four, which is called the repent and lament step. As we review and replay the year behind us, we inevitably encounter disappointments, frustrations, and sadness. This process is, hof, is often humbling because it exposes maybe patterns of sin or broken behaviors in your life. Oops. Um, this year hasn't all been perfect, and we acknowledge that this hasn't always been someone else's fault. So the first part is we repent. Maybe we've been angry or relationally distant, lustful or lethargic. Maybe you've given in to some of your besetting sin. Wherever you see sinful patterns, just simply repent. Don't beat yourself up. It's just acknowledging your failures to God and actively receiving his grace. The other aspect is the, the practice of lamenting. It's expressing your deep sadness, maybe wherever the year has brought pain and even heartbreak. It's acknowledging that sin is not just inside of us, but in other people too. We, we realize that we are deeply affected by others' choices as well as the broken systems of the world in which we live. 
It's often good to acknowledge change that's happened in your life this past year. Wherever there's change, there's loss. And so we need to acknowledge that. And so take a few minutes maybe to, l- to repent or to l- lament just the things that have not going well. seconds. Still with me? We're still in this, right? We got one more step, and then we'll it's pork and sauerkraut. All right, here we go. Step five is then to reboot and look forward. We now take time to look forward to the upcoming year, gathering all that God's revealed to us about what we're thankful for, where you felt God's presence, where maybe you struggled uh, to name God's presence. Now we just take time to share our hopes and desires for the year ahead. We invite God to reveal to us God's hopes and dreams he has for us. Ask for graces that you seek this year. Ask yourself how you might become more like Jesus. It's not so much about resolutions or different things. It's maybe just writing down some simple, simple, attainable, and unambitious plan. You don't have to write, like, I'm going to run a marathon or anything like that. Nothing overtly burdensome, just a few bullet points focused less on maybe what you want to achieve, but more about who you want to become. And it's important to make that kind of list practical um, in a sense. So let's just take a moment to look forward um, and what God's inviting us into.
Okay, uh, I'm going to have Phil come up. Uh, on the back is, is uh, I would encourage you just this week, another way to, to do this um, with God and just to cultivating a relationship with God is, is just doing this regular practice. And so um, it, this probably took about 30 minutes, you know, with a whole year, there's a little more time. It, it can take five minutes, it could take 30 minutes, it could take an hour, um, but it just has these four simple steps. I, I first even encourage you just to take a moment of silence and, again, invite the Holy Spirit and ask for light to replay, rejoice, repent, and reboot. Uh, I like to use this little app called Lectio 365, and it has like a morning a little thing that it's 10 minutes that's guided uh, that you can listen to, and then there's a night one that's like an examine that can walk you through these things. Um, but I, I like what Pete Gregg from 24-7 Prayers is, is if you do it once, it's, it's, help, it's useful, it's helpful, but if you cultivate it and do it every day, it can bring transformation. Uh, just with any practice, these are invitations. Don't feel like if you don't do this, like God's mad at you or he doesn't love you. These are just invitations, again, to experience rest for your soul, to become aware of what God's doing in you and through you and around you. And so I'm just going to have you just stand and we're going to pray and then um, we're going to just go through a worship song and then we're going to end with some ministry time.